0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I'm your girl, Kat, and I am so glad that you landed here with me. It feels so good to be back in the saddle Talking to you, with you, at you, and getting all of your feedback about our premiere episode and things we're doing on the show. Um, very different than my last podcast. So I hope you're loving it. Please continue to rate us and review us and give us all that feedback. It really does mean a lot. And if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at ABD with Cat. Um, where we'll be doing lots of updates and and sharing some some stuff maybe you don't even get here on the podcast over there, and if you are just tuning in for the first time, this show is going to change week to week. It might be me and my girl Kate from the premiere episode, the two of us just chatting away, or I might have these phenomenal guests and be in conversation with them, or I might even just be here on the mic talking <laughs> um, about who knows what. So we're covering all the issues, all the things. I'm going to be sharing more about my life and my personal struggles and triumphs and wins and failures and um, and what it is, I guess, just like to be me and sharing more stories about my work and my family and my journey and what I'm learning most of all. So hopefully that in the end will bring you the sunshine that we are looking for, because you are not alone. You are always welcome to come here and hang out with me. So I am thrilled to share with you now a conversation with artist Morgan Harper Nichols. If you discovered her, perhaps like me, really on Instagram, she was in the music game for many years prior, but she is this amazing artist and so incredibly wise her words are like gold when she writes and paints and shares her many offerings on all the platforms because she also has a, a podcast and she you know she has these inspirational cards and she has the quotes and she's got the wallpaper she's she's literally kind of sprinkled her talent all over the place But I discovered her really early on in the pandemic. And I was just like, ooh, ooh. You know, you stumble on one person's share and then you find the source. And I found the source and it was Morgan. And I was just immediately blown away by her. And I was going through a really, really difficult time. Like all of us, when the pandemic hit, that in and of itself was... Scary and um, worrisome to say the least, but I was going through this breakup. And like every time I found her, I like to sometimes say she found me, I felt better. I just felt comforted and I felt okay in that moment. So I DM'd her. God, it had to be like a year ago. And I never heard back from her. You know, it happens. That's what happens. She's busy. She's got like, Couple million followers, and and she didn't respond, and I kept following, and I kept, you know, sending her love and leaving her comments because I was just just such a genuine fan of her work. And then, wouldn't you know it, the the podcast, "It Sure Is a Beautiful Day," was born in just recent months. And I hit her up again, and yay, this time she responded, and I was so thrilled that she agreed to have this conversation. And then you add to that, even after we had planned for this interview, weeks later, she declared, she announced, she shared with the world that she was recently diagnosed with autism as an adult, which is very rare. And so how special, how meaningful to have a conversation with her about her work, of course, about her roots about the woman she is, but also about this new discovery and what it has meant for her and how it has affected her work. So, oh, I love this conversation. I love this woman. I hope you find her if you hadn't prior. And I hope that her gifts now reach you wherever you are in the world. So, without further ado, a conversation with. Morgan Harper Nichols and me. Well, let me just start out by saying I mean, talk about a beautiful day when I get to be in conversation with someone I have admired from afar for so long and a person who has brought me so much just personal solace and inspiration. Everyone, please welcome Morgan Harper Nichols. Good morning.
0: Good morning to you as well. And thank you for having me. And thank you for that, that warm introduction.
1: <laughs> well, it's true. I, I think I DM'd you many, many months ago. And I'm just like, I have got to know this woman. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and and so many things were changing for all of us. And then, you know. Thankfully, timing works and the universe works. And and, and anyway, we're together now. So I I just, I want to (laughs) share so much of your your art and your music and your your thoughts and your purpose with everyone listening, just in case they don't know who you are and what you've done. You do all the things. As I just <laughs> mentioned, before we started recording, I was telling Morgan, I'm like, do you have 48 hours in your day? Because you you turn out so much beautiful content. And like you even have your own podcast every morning.
0: <laughs> I do. I do a lot of things. I really do.
1: It <laughs> does and a lot I, of things.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting because I do a lot, but I do think it's because for whatever reason, the things that I do, such as visual art, it's something that can be put into a lot of different formats in different places and same with poetry and, and writing. So for instance, with my podcast, a lot of times I'm reading poems that I may have already shared on social media. So I'm able to kind of take what I do and say, hmm, where else can it go? Like how else can it get out in the world? And then the other thing is I am just a huge Fan of collaboration, so <laughs> yeah. I, for instance, I have an I have an app that was not my idea. Someone mm. came to me; they already created amazing apps, and they said, "We'd like to make an app with you." And I'm like, "I have no idea how you do that," but <laughs> that sounds amazing. Sign me up. Yeah. So that's how I started doing that. I have done apparel collaborations, stationary collaborations, but all of those things has been someone saying hey, I see your art and here's something that we could do with it. And I'm like, cool, let's give it a try.
1: (laughs) Well, it also speaks to how powerful your art is because it's like Mm -hmm. everybody wants to get in on that and get a piece of it. And, And to your point about disseminating all of your works on so many different platforms has in the end, probably made you a great businesswoman because now, you know, you got a little here, a little there. It's sprinkled all over the universe for all of us. And I want to get into all of that. But I like to start off just really checking in with people and just saying, how are you? How are you, Morgan, today (laughs) at this moment? Or maybe say as the morning has evolved.
0: Yes, that's such a good question. You know, today was a little bit slower that I wanted it to be starting out. And I actually woke up this morning. I was like, I'm not gonna drink any coffee. I'm fine. And then like an hour ago, I was like, nah, I need, <laughs> I need it. Um I, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink some coffee. That's yeah going to do that. So yeah, today was a little bit slower. Recently, I was diagnosed with autism and that's been a huge, just new chapter in my life. Just kind of confirming a lot of things that I already knew that I struggled with. So that has been one of the beautiful things that has come with that is me really looking at my life and not Judging myself or shaming myself if my day does start a little bit slower, and Mm -hmm. that's something that I would say I wasn't that great at even a a year ago, or maybe even six, seven months ago. I'm like, no, you, you're a business owner. You are Mm -hmm. a mom. Like you are, you're all these things. You got to work. You got to go and do all these things. And it's yeah, but you're also a human being. Yeah, and you also were not meant to just you know go on and on and on and on forever. So right. I feel like I'm getting better at that. And today was one of those days where I woke up thinking I had more energy than I did. And I did it. Uh huh. But now I feel like I've eased into the day. My sister just like randomly FaceTimed me. And we, like 30 minutes ago, we just talked. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like this is how, how a day should... Like, they should go. Like it's, it's okay to just kind of ease into it sometimes. So
1: Mm -hmm. you have a, I don't know if it was a poem or, or one of your quotes, but you, and, and or podcast, you talk about the 24 hour cycle. And I love the way you define that. And it, another one of the many things I thought, Oh, that is such a cool way of looking at every day. It's that you will have the highs, you will have the lows. It's this Ongoing cycle, but if you even just take life and cut it into days, like the day in and of itself can be full of all those things you just mentioned. It's a bit of a roller coaster, but just kind of relieving yourself of the pressure associated with the shoulds, exactly what you're describing is is so nice. and And it's great because with your words and the things you put out there, you're giving all of us permission to go. Okay, I, if I need to just chill, I can, and it sounds like even you still, with all of your wisdom, still have those days.
0: yes, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, and I love to say too, a lot of the things that I write about are things that I'm actively still learning myself.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I write uh-huh. about
0: rest and breathing and uh-huh. not judging yourself because those are all things that I have struggled with and still struggle with, and I yeah. I, I write from the place where I am and what I'm learning. So yeah, that's that's been huge for me lately. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you mentioned, I of course was going to get to it, but let's talk about your your courage to come forward about your recent diagnosis with autism. And I mean, I imagine first of all, I read your blog and I listened to your podcast on it. And I just, ugh, I was hanging on every word. I just, it was so heartfelt and so brave of you and so vulnerable of you. And oh, I could tear up thinking about it. But, but I imagine having done that, maybe that could contribute to some depletion in your energy because that's really giving so much of yourself to the world and just mm-hmm. cracking that open and just here it is um and i and i'm sure that your motivation was to again connect with others and make them feel less alone but has there been any kind of adverse effects i guess after after doing that where it's kind of like almost like you're coming down from going public with that news
0: oh that's such a good question yes i would say that i was really overwhelmed with mm-hmm. the response i i had no idea how people would respond because i know that and I'll just say for anyone that doesn't know, like autism is a neurological developmental disorder and it and it affects you in different ways from communication to social and sensory things. And for me, I, I was like, OK, I, I think I know that people know what autism is, but I just don't know what people would say, like if they mm-hmm. say anything at all. So I, I kind of was just expecting a, maybe I was I, I really was posting it thinking I'm just going to share this for someone who may have been in a very similar place to me where mm-hmm. they were wondering if they were on the spectrum and if that was something that they should seek help. And I just want to be another story that they can read. So I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I'm just going to post it for that very specific group. And I was just blown away by, by the response. And I kind of had to just check out for a while. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think imagine. I got, I don't think I got on Instagram for a minute after that. I was just like, I don't even know how, how to process the response because it's, I mean, you know, this is like, you never know how people are going to respond to things that you share. It's just, mm. it is, you just never know. So for me, I was like, I just don't know. And I was, overwhelmingly it was a positive response but at the same time it was it was very heavy and then the, the second part of it that's been hard is just that there's so much that I'm still trying to figure out how to talk about so even with like friends and family I'm I'm like I want to explain to them more of what I kind of struggle with and what I deal with but I'm still figuring out how to talk about it myself sure. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of mixed emotions. And, um, but ultimately I, I am really grateful that I did it. That was because at first I was like, maybe I won't even talk about it ever. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure I wanted to share that because mm-hmm. it, it was so personal, but I'm glad that I did. I, I and I, I really do feel like that to date, that is definitely one of the most courageous things mm-hmm. I've done. It took a lot of a lot of courage to put that into words and put that out there. And, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I did it.
1: I do know what you mean about, you know, you want to share your truth because in one sense, it's very freeing, but you don't know how people will respond. And I I can relate when I went public with my equal pay issue at E! when I left my job. You know, I, I did the same thing. I wrote a blog and I thought, you know, I want this to be said. And I want this mostly for the viewers or the people who did tune in every day. Why the heck did she leave after 12 years? But I never imagined the response that I got. And like, suddenly it's in the New York Times and suddenly CNN's calling and all these things about equal pay because it's such an important issue to so many people. But boy, nothing could have prepared me for that. I just, I spoke my truth, but I know what you mean because there was a phase after that where I was just drained and I'm so glad I did it, but it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was, in some ways debilitating, because then there's like almost a pressure associated with it and carrying other people and, and that kind of thing. Um, but what ultimately led you to decide to, to to share? Was it a conversation with your husband? Was it your family? Why, you know, what was that factor that said, you know what, I'm going to do this? You know,
0: I'm not quite sure. I <laughs> had, I, when I received the diagnosis the weekend before I shared it, I just, I was like, I don't know if this is something I would share with, you know, publicly, but I'm just going to share it with my family. So I actually just group text my whole family. (laughs) And of course they knew that I was in this process at this point, but I was like, Hey guys, I officially got the diagnosis. And, and within that it was, it was, it was even hard to share it with my family. And a lot of it, I'm still processing. I, I did find out that a lot of the things I struggle with may have been more severe than I even thought. And I'm sure other people can connect with this feeling of like, sometimes you don't want to, you feel like you're going to burden other people with your story. And I, Mm. I know like that's not, I have a very supportive family and I'm super grateful for it, but I still felt that way. I was like, oh, am I really going to lay all this on them? Mm -hmm. But I just did. I just, (laughs) but everything I remembered from the report, I was just like, hey family, here's what's (laughs) going on. And I mean, within minutes, Everybody, mom, dad, sister, everyone responded just with so much support and so much love. And in that moment, I think that was maybe sowing the seed of like, wow, Morgan, you put so much pressure on yourself to like not want to like burden other people, but people want to be involved. Like people care about you. So I think that may have sown the seed of like, okay, I I know you don't know what it's going to be like to put it out there, but there are people that care about you. There are people that want to that want to know you and support you in whatever way they can. So I forget the exact day, but it was into the next week. I just woke up one morning and I was like, I need to share it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, I I just, I need to share it. I was like, I I know at least I have the support of my husband, my family. And that is more than enough to know. And at that point, I I had shared it with a few close friends. I had Mm -hmm. shared the diagnosis with a few close friends. So at that point, it was like, okay, you know, I know that like the core people in my life are supporting me and that's what matters. And I, I'm a very visual person and I will literally have moments. And this actually informs a lot of my writing. I'll have kind of like a vision of someone. And I don't even always see the face, but I, it's kind of just like a, like a person. And I'm just kind of like become aware of this person with the story. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sharing it for them. And that day, as I was writing it, I was I was literally very specifically thinking about another Black woman, another mm-hmm. Black woman who may be wondering if she is autistic. And just it's very hard to find people that look like me talking about this. And I'm like, yeah. I've got to share it for her. I was like, even if she finds my random blog post like five years from now, right. <laughs> I was like, it's I'm gonna, and that's why I even put it on my blog too, because with SEO, like sometimes social media doesn't always pick up search results. So I was like, I'm gonna put this on a traditional blog post. So if someday someone is searching for a black woman's experience, Mm-hmm. experience of being diagnosed with autism that my posts might show up because there's not that many that show up. Right. So, yeah, I actually wrote the blog post first and then it took me like three hours to get it into like an Instagram <laughs> caption. <laughs> yeah. It was so long. I was just like, I'm just going to put it all out there. Uh, so I did the blog post first and I think I published it. I think I published it. And then I sat there. Or I don't know. I, I think I literally sat there. I had things to do that day too, but I was just like, it's all got to wait. Um, I need to get this out. And I kind of pared it down to Whoa. an Instagram caption side, you know, and shared it on Facebook too. But yeah, it was, so it was like a lot of little steps. I think it was just like, mm-hmm. okay, thinking about that one person. Okay. Just let it all out in the block post. Okay. Let's pare it down. Okay. Let's share it on Instagram. So, But yeah, how
1: beautiful. I mean, the fact that you were driven and almost comforted by this unknown vision of another Black woman who you were moved to share for or with. And then now the ripple effect, because like you said, so many people have been reaching out and feel connected, which I know was the whole impetus of your whole offering as a whole is that you want people to feel connected and less alone and and that your art is very much, you know, that is behind most of, of all of what you do. Just, you know, before we move on to other things, I because I, I would love to use this space to educate people. And I think you did do such a brilliant job with your blog because you always, you know, disclaimer, you know, this looks different for everybody. Yeah. And you know, it's not one size fits all. And I am not a medical expert. Um, which neither am I, I guess my question would be just out of curiosity, because I also think this helps all of us who think maybe we know someone struggling, or maybe we know someone who hasn't been diagnosed, but might fit into this category. But what happens now for you? I mean, you've been diagnosed. What what, what does that change other than yeah. the knowing and knowing and, and finding the language and feeling seen probably or understanding yourself more. What do you do with that now? Is there treatment? Do you keep seeing your doctor? Like what, Mm -hmm. what, how does this change your day to day?
0: Yes. That's such a great question. I see my specialist once or twice a month, just depending on the month. And those are my therapy sessions. (laughs) And it's amazing because I, I'm a huge believer in therapy. I've, I've been gone to therapy for years, but same girl,
1: same. I'm (laughs) on my one year anniversary literally this week. I had that call before you, Dr. Rick, then Morgan. My day is stacked. (laughs) I I relate.
0: Oh, yes. So I I'm super grateful for therapy. Um, However, this is the first time I've had someone who can kind of hear what I'm struggling with and say, hey, like, you know, being autistic, here's here's why that probably is. And that's been helping me a lot. It's been, it really is. So so I have that, and I look forward to those <laughs> to those sessions quite a bit. And then a lot of it is just managing stress levels, managing my day to day life, making a lot of changes. I now have, and this is recent since, and that was one of the things my my specialist told me. It was like you really have to look at your daily schedule because you do so much and you're going to burn out and it's going to affect you. And I know you feel like you can keep going, but you have got to get that under control. So I was like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, my husband's my business partner as well. And he's been helping me with my email. And that's that was super hard for me to even like let someone help me with that because I'm like, I should be able to do this by myself. Like I'm an adult. I know how to do email. Right. <laughs> I've had an email address since I was, I don't know how old, but I can do this by myself, but I can't. I need help. Even with, I have a little one. I have a, I have a toddler. And even with, I mean, toddlers make lots of noises. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I have I have sensory things going on. So even just like like turning to my husband again, saying like, hey, can you guys like go play outside for a little bit? And learning how to say that and not feel like shame or guilt around that. So lots of little things like that, even with other people on my team, just like saying, hey, I think I may need a little assistance here and there. Um, it's super hard for me because mm. I always feel like I'm burdening others by asking for them. But I've been learning that and mm. that has been a huge change. I've, I've noticed changes just in my like mood and just how I physically feel. And then the positive side of that is I'm able to really lean into what I consider the strengths of being Autistic. And, you know, one thing that a lot of Autistic people deal with is, you know, social and communication things. So for me, I've had to spend a lot of time kind of studying like how people communicate and how people learn, which works out great when I'm writing and when I'm making art, because I think about every little detail from okay, if I'm going to use bright colors, well, let's not use a lot of text because seeing all those bright colors, that's a whole experience. So let's keep the text simple. So all those little things I think about, and I love thinking about them now. I mean, I kind of had to at first, but now I, I love being able to lean into those things. And I feel like I'm starting to have more time to focus on those things. So
1: That is so fascinating how that plays into your art and the way you see things. And now even probably looking at it with a new set of eyes, even. That is so cool. I was reading about your upbringing. I know you were born in LA and then you moved to Georgia (laughs) and your parents were both in the church. I don't know if they still are, but um, both pastors and then you went to college at like 16. Is that true? Yes. You know, like my whole story. <laughs> <laughs> the journalist, cat, the journalist did I her love homework. I love it. <laughs> but, I mean, is that because you were talking about your emails and doing everything? Were you just an exceptional student and that you um, got to college at 16? How does that happen? So the credit to that goes to my mom. My mom is like, she is just
0: like supercharged, high energy, doing 12,000 things at once. And she... <laughs> When I was younger, my mom said, she's like, yeah, we were like three years old. I was like, let's just try to do some kindergarten material. Let's just see what happens. So that's how the whole homeschooling process started and everything. So she started me doing kindergarten things at three instead of five. So I just kept going at that pace. So,
1: Whoa.
0: so yeah, it was, and my sister who's two years younger did the same thing.
1: Same thing. Okay. So that
0: ended up being that when I graduated from high school, I was 16. So I, I went to a college that was close to home and I, di- I did get to live on campus, which was fun. And it was funny because I went into it. I was like, I don't want anyone to know I'm 16 literally within hours of being there. Someone from my hometown who I didn't know was going to the same school was like, aren't you like 16? Why are you here? <laughs> so there, there goes that. Everyone, knows. Uh, everyone so, um, knows. Did you even have your license? <laughs> I had my learners. I had my Okay. Learners oh that. my God. Yeah. So I wasn't even, yeah, I don't, I didn't start driving around by myself until my sophomore year, which is so funny to think about, but yeah, that was a whole experience um, <laughs> within itself. But wow. I do think that being 16, and I was also one of few Black students at my school as well. Mm-hmm. I think that combined with just feeling different, I oftentimes felt the pressure of like, well, you have to be great at what you do then. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to be the 60-year-old Black girl on campus, well, you, mm-hmm. you better really show up. So I would put so much pressure on myself to just not only perform well academically, but to try to like make sure I'm performing well socially. And now knowing that I had undiagnosed autism, I'm like, Morgan, you were literally (laughs) pushing yourself so hard. So yeah, I can honestly say like, if if you look at my story from that point through like the next 10, 12 years, honestly, it was a lot of different variations of that. Of just feeling like I had to push myself and do the absolute most. And yeah, I'm 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 grateful that I'm gaining awareness that Mm -hmm. I've been doing that and I'm Mm -hmm. learning how to slow down. So yeah.
1: That brings up the word masks, masking, because you talk about that and now it makes sense to me. Like you were, you're like almost studying how to be on. And I think Mm -hmm. so many of us, regardless are wearing masks most days, right? When we step out in public, when we're on social media, you know, this whole medium in and of itself, you know, who are we to the world? Who are we when we're not on in front of the world and all of that. And and you write about that. And you, I love so many of your pieces and poems kind of speak to just being as you are and, and yeah. being compassionate with who you are and where you are in life and, 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 you know, being in this moment and understanding that if things don't happen for us now, it wasn't meant for us. And all of this beautiful wisdom, how can people, and I mean, it, it sounds like you're the expert of, of knowing how to wear a mask, but how do we undo that a little bit? And how, because I think people, you know, a lot of the anxiety in the world and a lot of the, the unfulfillment is because we so many of us are trying to do just that, like be all the things, all the time to all the people. And then at the end of the day, we just end up empty. Yeah. It's just very, it's, it's, it's like soul crushing. It's like such a disservice to what we're supposed to be doing, which is accepting and loving ourselves exactly as we are.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's something <laughs> I think about a lot um, and I am very passionate about Because, yeah, like you said, I mean, I have lived many years wearing a mask, wearing, just trying to perform just to be able to keep up in society. And yeah, I do think and and some level, like you said, we all are dealing with that. And and one thing that has been a huge help for me and even just like emotionally regulating through the day and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and finding peace in the day is having something in my life that i can turn to daily that makes me feel like a kid again and for me i'm grateful that i i have art and and if you look at my art a lot of it's really simple i mean i literally sometimes i'm just scribbling circles so it doesn't have to be anything advanced but there's something about doing an activity where nobody's watching you nobody is is standing over your shoulder that you can just kind of lose yourself in And I've talked to this with, with many people and some say, oh, for me, that's dancing. Like it's when I'm the only person in the house, just turning music on. And I think that even if you're not consciously in the moment thinking like, here I am dancing, I feel so free. Like you don't have to think about it consciously. But I think that when you repeat that for so like for so many days, like Mm -hmm. it does start to affect you. You start to look forward to it. You start to look forward to that space, that time of the day where you truly are letting your hair down and you truly are not worried about what other people think. So because I have spent so much of my life worried about what other people think, worried about how I fit in socially and having anxiety because of that, I crave those spaces. I, Mm. I crave that. And I mean, I have a little one, but even before I didn't, like I keep crayons in the house. I keep them out. I keep them around because for me, just seeing a crayon takes me back to that place. And I think that we all have little things like that. Like, Maybe you like to play with rocks as a kid. I don't oh. know. Like <laughs> maybe go outside and find some rocks and just sit them up on your counter or something. Yeah. Um that can just help bring you back to that space of like, yeah, when I was really into rocks, I did not care what other people thought. Like I didn't yeah. care if it made me look weird. I I was just into it. So I want everybody to have something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like.
1: <laughs> You're, I'm, I'm going to go on buy crayons. That's such a great yes. idea to just have <laughs> them around. It's so funny. You make me think of my son who is 20, still lives at home, but he's in college. And, and he will not get rid of his Legos. And, you know, and and sometimes i just a little worried because I'm like, he has so many friends come over and he's got this shelf full of Legos. And I think of that movie, 40-year-old virgin. I'm like, oh my God, he's still got all his Marvel and comic stuff. But it brings him so much joy. I will never say, ah, get rid of this. When can we throw this out? I just will never, ever do that because I hope now, I hope he does have those when he's 40 and not apologize (laughs) for it, you know, if that's what he wants, if that's what brings him-
0: your yeah, way. that is so funny that you say that because literally for Christmas, I my husband was like obsessed with Mandalorian. Like every other oh. conversation was about Mandalorian. I still uh-huh. haven't seen it, but he was just so into it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, clearly whatever I get for him for Christmas needs something <laughs> Mandalorian. So I bought him like Mandalorian figurines. And I was like, I don't know if this is weird. Like he doesn't have like action figures. <laughs> But I bought him action figures and seriously of all the Christmas gifts I've ever bought him he was like the most happy about these action figures and I was just like yeah I just think that like we all have these little things that and 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 I think that's what's cool about gifts is because sometimes we don't we're not we don't even give ourselves permission to be a kid and buy ourselves Mm
1: -hmm. things
0: that might be silly or impractical but it's like yeah we all have those little things that even if they just sit on the shelf and bring us joy. And I think those are important. So yeah, I love that. (laughs) I
1: love that too. I hope everybody listening goes out and like returns to something from their childhood and like incorporates it into their life somehow. That's a really, that's really, really good advice. So much of your art, I'm curious because I know that you, one of your first jobs, you know, you did some, was it administrative assistant work at a college? I I was
0: an admission counselor. Yeah, so lots of-
1: emails and
0: spreadsheets and okay, but all not that paint
1: you weren't no. like you weren't like rolling in paint you weren't oh, like no. you didn't have your guitar like right so what a different when did that switch when did and and why do you think the art became just this driving force in your life?
0: yeah, so I graduated with an English degree and I graduated thinking, okay, I might not be able to get a job so I and that's just you know, the nature of the times. I was graduating and a lot of people in there, you know, kind of, I graduated in 2010 and just the whole, you know, recession, everything, a lot of people are faced with that. So I was sort of assuming it would be the same for me. I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to find a job. And it was actually my mom that suggested, she was like, you should just go to the college, like ask if, if they're hiring. I was like, oh, yeah. I like it here. I could, I could do that. So that's how I ended up applying, and I got the job. I was really shocked. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" I, so I started working. I want to say like three or four weeks after graduation, which was just wow. such a blessing. I was wow. super grateful for that. And then after that, I ended up finding out as as I don't I forget the exact time, but it had been at least a year. I was totally content with the shop. I w- I loved it. I was like, yeah, I can work in higher ed. I love academia. I love that space. And I just thought I would stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have, even though I was creative, making art, it was sort of something that I saw, oh, that's a hobby. Maybe it'll come to life in a different way. I, I was honestly of content. Hmm. And then the uh, position, actually, the campus was expanding and my position was moving to a different part of the state. So we were in Atlanta, Georgia, but we're moving to further west within the state. And at that time, I had just gotten married. We had just bought a house and we were in no position Mm -hmm. (laughs) as as an entry-level employee to Mm -hmm. get up and move across the state. So through a whole just a whole series of events. I I tried to make it work, but it just it it just wasn't gonna work. Mm-hmm. I mean, there just it wasn't gonna work. So I was like, well, I did not really have a plan B. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. And kind of the only skills I had left were playing music. And that had been something that I I had been pursuing more, like when I was in high school and earlier in college, but I wasn't really actively thinking about it. But the thing that really sort of catapulted me (laughs) into what will become a music career for five years was the fact that my younger sister was also musical But she was definitely actively pursuing a music career. So at that point, she was already getting on tours. She had signed a record deal. So I just went on the road with her. (laughs)
1: And
0: and then I wrote
1: on those coattails for a minute. Yes, I absolutely
0: did. And till this day, my sister is definitely more the go-getter of the two of us. and (laughs) She's always like pushing me to do things. And yeah, it was through that and through Working with my sister, that I ended up saying, "Okay, maybe I can do music. Maybe I can be an artist." So that that sent me on like five years of just kind of following my sister around. Wow! <laughs> and um, yeah, we did a lot of fun stuff together, and I and I enjoyed it. And this is why I love what you talk about, just in terms of you know equal pay and things like that. It's um, it's very hard, especially for women, to mm-hmm. create. Sustainable incomes in the music industry, and it's very hard. I hate that this is a reality, but it's like you literally get to the age twenty five and you're considered old, yeah. and it's awful. But yeah, it's harder to get funding. It's harder to to pay your bills. So that's something that I I learned as I got through my twenties of like, wow, even though I know for a fact I'm giving my absolute all and I'm doing everything I can to be here. Um, Yeah. I'm still not getting the support that some other people get.
1: Damn. Damn. So is that, is that what kind of spawned you to go, okay, then we're going to go into Morgan Harper Nichols Inc. here. And we're going to just, <laughs> we're just going to create. And I'm, mean, cause that's kind of why yeah, I'm at today too. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm done working for the man. I am going to create, I am going yeah. to assemble. I am going to have yeah. the flexibility. I'm going to have the control. I am going to have the creative. I'm going to do what I want to do on my terms because yeah. then nobody can tell you otherwise.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's where I was. And there definitely was some grief first. I mm-hmm. definitely went through, and that's actually where I started writing the poetry. I was in the space of like, did I just waste all this time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like giving my all. I mean, when I was full time in music, if I would like submit a demo, I my demos were like fully produced. I was like, I'm gonna be the best. Like, I'm gonna be unapologetically, you can't deny it. Morgan is giving her absolute all. And It's so hard to get to that point where you know, you know, you gave your all and it's still not enough. And you still see a lot of guys (laughs) oftentimes just
1: being real. And it's like, and, you know, and, you know, it's like one thing for white women to complain, but as you know, women of color, it's it's like considerably worse. Yeah. It gets, and
0: it's so hard because I, I was in such a space of like, like I was working with a lot of guys. I had enormous respect for what they were doing and their work. And at the same time, I'm just like, I feel like we're on the same level, but are we? Like, am I? What am I missing? How did you know they were making
1: more? I'm curious because I get that question a lot. People are like, Well, how do you ever know? Do you just ask? Like how how did you know you were being paid less?
0: Yeah, a lot of it came from touring. And being a part of shows and noticing a trend in a lot of lineups that women were at the bottom of the lineup a lot of mm, times, mm. and if if there was a woman higher in the lineup, it was in between, like twelve guys. <laughs> mm. um, and yeah, the higher you are in the lineup, the more. I mean, everyone knows yeah, about a concert. Yeah, yeah.
1: You're you the know. headliner. You're making yeah, money, exactly. right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
0: That yeah. was a huge indicator and it's just heartbreaking honestly <laughs> like it just and, sp-
1: and speaking of heartbreaking ugh. i mean you said that's what kind of turned you onto the poetry so your poetry kind of was born out of that frustration and suffering and maybe sounds like you know terrible reality for you
0: yeah it really was because i was frustrated sad angry <laughs> all of those things and just feeling like you know will i ever be enough like i know i'm giving my all i know that i'm i'm being faithful like i'm willing to pay my dues i'm willing to wait i'm willing to do all these things but i just feel like i'm not getting anywhere so that it was that feeling that started the poetry for me that that literally just opening my journal and just pouring that out and then one night it just came out in the form of a poem and i took a picture of it and i posted it on pinterest and this is in late 2016 and then in early 2017 that's when i found out that it had been repinned on pinterest over 100,000 times and to me that was just an indicator of okay a lot of other people feel that way too <laughs> i'm not i did only... not
1: realize that's how it all began and only yeah. less than 5 years ago i mean wow yeah. morgan that's insane what poem was it? When is it yeah. long? Can you tell us what oh, it is?
0: Yeah. One it's pretty, it? Yeah. It's, um, I always changed the name of it, Ooh, <laughs> but it's, it's a... um, yeah, it's called the, the start of it is when you start to feel like things should have been better this year. Remember the mountains and valleys that brought you here. And I feel like that line really kind of sums mm-hmm. up the, the heart of the poem. It's just like, yeah, things should have been better. I, I know I worked hard. I know I gave my all. Why am I here? And yeah, it's just, that's how I felt. I mean, it was, it was specifically thinking about all of that that led me to that place. It's
1: interesting that that's, you know, when, when we consume your art and read your poems, and when I feel personally, when I read your words, I'm like, oh man, she must've been like this as a baby, like she was born this way. She was wired and you must've been such a wise little girl. I feel like you, you have this essence that maybe you had had your whole life, but it sounds like this is like a newer part of you, or at least an expression yeah. that you'd never had before. I would have never guessed that.
0: Wow. Well, well thanks. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I do feel like I all have always been an old soul. Mm. And I do at times feel like a lot of the words I'm writing are words that maybe have been in me for a long time, but they didn't come out mm-hmm. <laughs> this way. So mm-hmm. until, you know, living and yeah, and living when life it, when it needed to come out. And that's why like I don't I don't like to put pressure on myself even now of like trying to figure out what's the next phase of what I'm gonna do. I'm like I don't know. I'm probably taking in things now that will make sense five five years from now. <laughs> so yes. I, I try to remember that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful to have this form of expression now because I mean, it's just like when I shared that poem and the messages that I started to receive, so many of the messages were from teenage girls, actually. Mm. And to me, that was just like, Yeah, even though I was writing this about this whole career moment that happened, I do think that there was something, even from my teen years, that was maybe stirring up finally into that poem. And maybe that's why, you know, teenagers were connecting with it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't really know how to make sense of all that. but (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe we (laughs) don't have to.
1: Maybe we don't have to make sense of it. I mean, that's what's so cool. I mean, another one of your beautiful um, shares was, and I forget which, it was a a compilation about nature. I mean, you've spoken a lot about the ocean and how vast it is and and how even like the trees and the leaves. And I I think about that a lot. I think I, I listened to something just yesterday that it was like giving me permission that even if I just do a little, or maybe I'm only contributing a little, but that's enough. Like, you know, just your, and I think it was a river. You were talking about a river and, you know, it's like even a couple drops make the river flow. And like, that's okay. Because especially living through the pandemic, I think so many people were forced, the lucky ones, not essential workers, but the lucky ones where we were forced to slow and we were maybe less productive and not churning out at the speed we normally did. I mean, I was off the mic for a year. And that is the first time in my adult life where I wasn't either on TV or doing a podcast. And there was a sense of, for me, it was like, I'm not, I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I'm not adding to the world. I'm not like, I don't even have self-fulfillment because I'm like, what's my work? What's my identity? Who am I? Like all these things. But I love when you write about, it's just, it's like, guess what? it's okay. Like we, it's all this self-inflicted pressure that drives us all crazy unnecessarily. So, you know, who's really keeping score? Like it's Mm -hmm. not, it's like the universe is it's, I feel like it's got our back. And when you kind of bring nature into that kind of relationship, it, it definitely makes sense to me. So thank you. Oh, well, that means so much to hear. <laughs> I mean there's
0: so I nerd out so much about <laughs> like these little things in nature. And when I get ready to share them, I'm like, is this just going to be a weird Morgan thing? <laughs> but, but no, I was like, okay, Morgan. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm here for you, girl. I, 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 I love it. Keep, never, please, no. I know what you mean. Like, because even, even with some of my friends, I share some of those stuff and they're like, really? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but no, I hear you. I, I think it does make sense. And that brings me to another thing. I think that people struggle with a lot and that is being in the moment. That's another kind of theme that you come back to time and time again about just being in the now and being present. And this is that has taught me a lot about just being at peace. And when things get overwhelming, just really again, back to our senses and nature and kind of just slowing to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. How do you think people can do that? So I I know, you know, you write about it, but if people are listening and just go, you know, everybody always talks about like being in the moment, be here now. Like, what does that mean? How can they like actually put that into practice?
0: Yes, such a
1: good question. (laughs) So
0: what I have found is like, and I'm not an expert on this, but this has just come from my own pursuit of that. My own pursuit of like, yeah, okay, what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. And I think you have to, I think it's somewhat of a sensory thing. And maybe you have to figure out which of your available senses kind of takes you there first. So for me, it's either visual or sound. So I have a playlist. I have several playlists on my Spotify that are organized by season or time of day. So I have like a winter playlist. I have a spring playlist. I have a midnight playlist. And I don't necessarily listen to them at midnight, but there are songs that kind of take me to a place, if that makes sense. Like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it just feels wintery to me. It just feels like a sunrise song. So for me there are certain songs that I can listen to that make me forget about every everything else. Mm-hmm. They make me forget about the to-do list, they mean forget about whatever I'm anxious about and I can just kind of be in that moment. And you know, for some people they may hear that and say, "Oh, that music doesn't really do that for me." Well, for you maybe it's taste. Maybe there's certain things that you eat, certain spices that really slow you down. So I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I think that we all kind of have different sensitivities that can, that can help us get to that place. And I think that that's why it's it's the same thing as to why every meditation practice doesn't work for everybody. Like every, Mm -hmm. there's so many different ways to go about it. And I think the thing that we have to do is try to figure out what that is for ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's hard because it's, a lot, a lot of stimuli coming our way all day, yeah. so it can be hard to figure out. But just think about those moments where you're like, yeah, when i'm when I light that candle, I don't know what it is, but something mm. about that candle that actually makes me
1: <laughs> forget yeah. about everything
0: else for a minute and um, then
1: staying with it, like light the yeah. candle. And then instead of going, oh, that's nice. And on to the next, like really maybe stay with it a minute. Yeah. And
0: you I, can create a ritual yeah, out of that. Yeah. Like you can say, yeah, every day at 10 a.m. I light this candle. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. do it. That's just what I do. And that's how I am with my playlist. Like, I, I don't know why, but for some reason, before the sun rises, I turn on the winter playlist. It is not winter right now where I live, but mm-hmm. it's just what I do. But it works. <laughs> it works. takes me to that place.
1: I learned something in yoga yesterday when my yoga instructor was like okay close your eyes and and he had said something to the the effect of when we close our eyes all of our other senses get really heightened and mm-hmm. for me that that that's something I'd kind of been doing anyway that it works if I close my eyes all those things that we miss all day when our eyes are open like the breeze on our face or that the bird in the tree outside the window so It's for me, I think a good exercise, and people can try it or not, but it's even just taking those five minutes because it grounds me because I'm forced to only think about what I'm smelling, to your point, or what I'm hearing or what I'm feeling on my skin, and just Mm -hmm. try to give that a little attention or even like look up at a tree and just really study the leaves. How often do we walk and run? And, you know, we're always going 17 million directions. Just if you can get in the habit of kind of trying to do a little of that every day, it really does make a difference. It stops oh, yeah. all that chatter, all that noise in your head. And then it's actually just so incredibly comforting. Oh, that is so
0: right. And that made me think about how so much about making art is learning how to see in a different way. So it's it's like, don't paint the flower that what you think a flower should look like. Like paint the flower as to what it, what it is. Like, what do you see? Oh, I see a shape of like a triangle. I see this and that, and that's how you learn to draw. That's how you learn to paint. So yeah, when you said that, it just made me think of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that there's so many layers to that. And I feel like a lot of how we can find pieces, finding new ways of seeing things. And I yeah. think what you said about closing the eyes, I mean, that is, that's huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just lastly, Cook, I could talk to you for 17 hours, <laughs> but, um, this idea of vulnerability, you know, I had I had a, a, a previous podcast called Naked and the inspiration behind that was to really have conversations where people feel like they can strip down and take off those masks and really share. And I think that word vulnerability is coming up a lot more these days, which is good. And people are saying that it's not. A weakness. It can be a strength. And, and I know you have spoken about that as well. And I love you guys listen to her podcast because sometimes they're only three minutes long, which is really nice. And you can just get it, get a little fix every day, but you often ask a question at the end of your podcast for the listeners to kind of think about or write about. And you ask the question, what is the biggest misconception about vulnerability? So I want to ask you that because you asked us that. So what do you think is the biggest misconception about vulnerability? You have such awesome questions. (laughs) Thank Thank you. (laughs) That's very sweet. I'm, I'm moved by you. So it makes it very easy. Oh well, that that
0: means a lot. Yes, um, for me, I think that it's that vulnerability always has to happen in like these huge deep dives. Like, oh, I'm gonna be vulnerable. It's time to share everything <sighs> that I've ever been scared of, afraid of, felt awkward about all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes vulnerability is just saying, "Hey, I almost didn't post this because I felt like it wasn't perfect." Yeah, and yeah, that's a start. So I, I think that I think that it's very easy to forget that vulnerability is something we practice and something that we we kind of grow into. And yeah, I think that's what what even led me to sharing the autism pose is that yeah, I've been I've been slowly pra- practicing vulnerability over the years, slowly sharing more of what I go through. That when it came time to share the this bigger thing. It didn't just come out of nowhere. It came from all of these years of growing and practicing with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love to tell people because I, I get asked a lot, like, I want to share, but I'm scared to share. And I'm like, you don't have to share the big stuff right away.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you
0: can start small. You can start with just, yeah, I'm tired of sitting at home because of the pandemic. Like that's being honest and vulnerable. And that that matters. And and you'll continue to practice more and more and learn who you share with and how you share and what boundaries you have in place and all those things as you go along. So
1: yes, yes, yes. So, so well said. Well, just lastly on this new show, it sure is a beautiful day. I like to ask what is a beautiful day to you? What makes a beautiful day?
0: Yes. So funny enough, one of my most proud songwriting credits ever was with my sister, and the song is called "Beautiful Day." Oh, I
1: <laughs> so, did. No, see, I missed that piece of evidence. No way, a, <laughs> is that true? Yes.
0: Yeah, so ah. we we both love that love that as ah. as well. We we love that, and to me, I love the word beautiful. I love the word beauty because it, it's to me beauty is about wholeness. So I love a day that just has a little bit of everything. Like, I did something active, but I also sat around and wasted time like on TikTok or something. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It's like, it's a mixture of that productivity, but also the relaxation I ate something delicious. I also ate something healthy. Like I love, I love those days that just have like a little bit of a a mixture of everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's a beautiful day.
1: All the colors (laughs) of the rainbow. I love that too. That was so nice. I, guys, if you, now I know you're gonna to want to know Morgan after hearing from her, but you have to go to her Instagram. Your store is Garden24, right? Yes. Where you can I, I mean, all the things. I'm telling you, I your business <laughs> model, I'm gonna copy because it's like it's Take the cards, it. yes. it's the <laughs> <promoted> <laughs> prints. My only thing is I kid you not, I went on. I need a piece above my fireplace in my living room. It's been blank for like a year because I cannot find the right piece of art. And I was looking at your biggest pieces of art art, the posters are big, right? Is that the biggest? How do, <laughs> yes, how do I we, get, how do, can I, do you ever, can you do, can I commission art from you? Is that a thing? Yeah, so you know what? We are actually
0: yeah, we're actually working on that right now <laughs> for that specific thing because I am trying to create some I'm commissioning myself to make some pieces <laughs> for my house because I have the same problem with my fireplace. I'm like, I don't nope. know what to put there. So yes. yeah, I yeah, like, I can... the
1: poster, yeah, I was like, I could buy the poster, but I was like, really? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in the living room, I it was like, so I, I might just have and to I... hold out until you're making bigger art.
0: Yeah, that is something I'm actively working on right right now. And I'm working on like different collections or different color palettes and motifs in mind. Yeah. That's my next big project. We're working on take that a, right now. Take a breath. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that time, don't let me rush you by any any stretch, but I'm sure people that are listening are going to want to go and, and check out. You have so, so many offerings, beautiful, beautiful pieces that match the beautiful woman. I. It's just been such a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot.
0: Oh, of course I, and I don't think I said this at first, but yeah, I've been following you and a fan from afar. So yeah, it was such, such a joy that we got to finally connect. So
1: I know. Well, I hope we stay in touch then yes, and wishing you sure. all, all, all the very, very best. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at IamCatSadler on Instagram and at